0: Hello everyone and welcome to a very special edition of the Cathedral of Sport podcast. Today I'm joined by my co-host the Right Reverend Bobby Love and also we have a very special guest on the show in Musselburgh, Athletic Chairman Carl Cleghorn. He'll be telling his story from Falklands to Football Chairman and promoting the goodwill of Musselburgh Athletic Football Club. This show has been kindly sponsored by Jamie Mack of Edinburgh Jamie, thank you very much indeed, we are a fast growing podcast and to keep our content flowing, we need all the help we can get and it will all eventually lead to things like a studio, better mics, and our dream of going visual so Jamie again, thank you from all us here at the Caveja sport
1: right guys let's 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 start with you Bob. How on earth are you mate? Uh, I' not too bad Ash I can not really complain Uh Finally going to get back to good in a few weeks, so the boredom will settle down. But uh no, we're doing not too bad. How's yourself?
0: I'm I'm very good, thanks. Um the daughter's not been too well this week. Um she started nursery though, so that's a good thing. Bless her. But apart from that, I've just been doing podcast stuff really and trying to get some shows and guests together. Ladies and gents, as stated, we've got Muscle Athletic Chairman Carl Clegghorn on the show. So, Carl, how are you, sir?
2: Hi, all singing and dancing tonight, Ash. Well, thanks for inviting me along. You and Bobba. Hope that uh, all goes well for you. Brilliant. Pursue
0: the dream. Pursue the dream. <laughs> Carl, that I mean, me and Bob can talk about ourselves and see, like say how we are and stuff like that. But this show's all about you, mate. So we're we're going to start. We're going to start now. We're going to rewind all the way back to the beginning. Tell us where you grew up, and how was life growing up.
2: Okay, well, I'm um, just, uh, just a, a normal laddie. I, I was dragged up in uh, the village of Wallaford. My father was a coal miner. Mum was a housewife. Ran about daft with all the laddies in Wallaford. Wallaford primary. I had a great time. Made some really good friends. Uh, played football all of my life. All of my life. Football and sport. Uh, I was quite a intelligent bloke, but I wasn't bothered about that. I just wanted to be outdoors. Went off to the grammar, also a grammar, what a laugh that was as well, you know. <laughs> we had a great uh, great PE department, a guy called Walter Roy. He was uh, sort of the manager of Stirling Albion at the time. So he would always try and encourage us into playing football and getting involved in sport and staying out of trouble. Him and a guy, the janitor at uh, Pinky Primary, was a guy called Sammy Stewart. He lived in Musselburgh and he played for East Fife. He won the Scottish Cup and two League Cups. And they were great men. They were great men. They just encouraged you to play football all the time. And that was fantastic. But I wasn't for staying about here. Um, my dad wouldn't have let me go down the pit. want wanted to go down the pit. I qualified to be an electrician, Yeah. which was a big thing in those days, down the pit. But my dad wouldn't let me go down. So I legged it and I joined the Royal Navy at the age of 16. 1975,
1: and I had a whale of a time. It was just a business, mate. <laughs> um, Ash, I'll come on to you a little bit about, the, your bit about the Navy shortly, but obviously you mentioned football from a very, very young age there, Carol. Who was it that got you into the football? What team did you support growing up? And if you can, can you remember like your first game and what, what kind of got you going back to football after the first game?
2: Right, my dad was, uh, was a wee guy from Lark Hall. And uh, in those days, the pavements were red, white and blue. And he was uh, him and his brother, John, were big Rangers fans. And so was a whole of Lark Hall. And, uh, but my dad was a football fan. He would take me to football to watch any game of football. Wallafer Bluebell in those days mm-hmm. uh, with a local team in the village. But uh, we would go to Hibs one week Rangers the next week, Hearts the following week. We went through to see Kilmarnock. We went down to see Berwick Rangers. Jock Wallace was in the village in those days. Jock Wallace, Jim Jeffries, my cousin Jimbo Brown, he, he went on to be the captain of Aston Villa. We had loads of, of football players. There was a guy, Billy Brown, down in Musselburgh. John White had just been about in those days too uh, for Tottenham Hotspur. It was fantastic. Everywhere he looked, there was football players. But um, my first game was, uh, that I can recall, is the Ibrox getting lifted over the gate. Uh, Rangers against Aberdeen. Uh, I'm sure it was 1965. Um, it would be early in the season, but I can't tell you the exact date. I could probably look it up. And uh, it was so exciting. There must have been a million people there. They were all bigger than me. And so we ended up in the bottom left-hand stand. It was called 10 West, and it was the safest place in the stand. My dad said, nobody will pee on you. <laughs> 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 the then didn't go to the toilets. It was a long walk to the toilets. So it used to just have a, a pee there, you know what I mean? But he would uh, speak to his pals, like um, Tommy McLean was a, a pal of his, the Rangers player on the wing. And he would come down the wing and speak to my dad during the warm-up and everything like that, you know, and have a bladder, um look for a draw, a fag in that. We were the Henderson, these type of players, and uh, my dad and his brother and the, the gang in them for that call. And the funny thing was that my dad had three sisters and uh, they all married Catholics. <laughs> so, wow. In those, days, in those days, that was a big deal, a big deal. But we used to have some laughs with them. They took us to Celtic games everywhere. Uh, we, went, we went all the time. But I started playing football at a young age. Uh, my dad wouldn't let me play um, down in uh, Musselboro, Windsor. He was just a bit worried about child protection, I think, in those days. And I played uh, up in Haddington. Haddington. Um, the B boy, uh, Ian Black from Harps, his father played for us. Guys like Joe Forty. Uh, there was loads of 20 Thompson for Trinette. These were superstars in those days. Straight through games. Brilliant guys. I think they went all on to play for premiership clubs or first division clubs in those days.
0: Wow. So,
2: I would run away to join the Navy, you know, and uh, uh, it was made for me. Travel, adventure, sport. And occasionally you had to work, you know. That,
0: that's what I was going to ask you about, Carl. Like, you've covered your uh, early football experiences and stuff like that. I, I never actually knew you uh... You were taken to Rangers as a kid, by the way. I always thought you were, you know, Muscleboro only, or maybe one of the local teams like Hearts and Hibs. But, Carl, this episode is called Falklands to, to Football Chairman, and for a good reason. So, when did you join the Navy? And was that, look, maybe not something you always wanted to do because you said that you're uh, you obviously qualified as an electrician and your, your old man tried to send you down the pits and stuff like that? Was it a sense of adventure that, that, that drew you in? Or did you kind of want a more regimented lifestyle or tell it tell us all about it. Tell us how you got into the navy and, and how it all came about,
2: Carl. Uh, it was quite straightforward. It was to keep me out of the jail. <laughs> me, me and the lads, we were having a great time running about the town and the village. <laughs> fighting person fans and midry and uh doing all the malarkey that you get up to as youngsters, chasing the lassies. Um, and uh, my dad, uh, I think my dad and a few other people says, well, if you if you don't get out, uh, you will end up in the jail. So uh, they suggested that. I had an idea what was going on, a careers advisor, and I had mates that were in, a guy along the street, George Donaldson was in the Navy. And just to correct you, I mean, um, we went to Musselboro all the time. We were down at Musselburgh Athletic all the time. Uh, the 5 sides in those days had guys like John Gregg coming oh, down. Yeah. Uh, Sooners and that later on. It, you, you get two, three, four thousand in Olive Bank in those days for the Musselburgh 5 sides during the, the Honest Tunes week. It was it was wonderful. But uh, we'd go to Newton Grange, um, the big teams in those, those times, you know, up at Gore, Gore Bridge and that. Uh, it was fantastic. My dad gave his life around working in the pit, watching me play football, taking us to football, a wee bet at the bookies and a couple of pints on a, a Friday night and then down the club with my wife, with his wife, my mum, on a, on a Saturday night. That was his life. He didn't want anything else. He wasn't bothered about that, you know. And, uh, and he says to me, you've got to get away and do more, do all the things that I should have done, you know. So I gallivanted off in 1975, the uh, HMS Ganges, and phew, it was just the right place at the right time. It was thing. There was so much to do. They, they, they took me in as an aircraft electrician. Um, you know, I mean, I was crap at it. You know, I was all fingers and thumbs, but I could figure out the wiring diagram, so I, I got up the tree pretty quickly because I you know, could debrief the pilots and everything, but I was just interested in the sport the travel, the adventure. uh, My mates are, I'm going home and seeing my mates down the club and they're talking about going to Blackpool for their summer holidays. And I've just came back from Barbados (laughs) in the the Caribbean and and they're all saying to me, where's Barbados? Is that doing that Portsmouth? (laughs) 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 It was fantastic. So I didn't even start to tell them about, uh, you know, going to Disney World in 1976 and... uh, America and all these places, it was like completely off the radar. But we all worked together, we were a real close uh, bunch of guys. Alex Stevenson, great football player up on Wollaford, he's followed me uh, wherever I've been and supported me even recently when I've had a a bit of ill health. uh, He came and uh, donated some money for the good causes and uh, came down and watched me and and all that sort of stuff. Um, So it's been really good. But the Navy was fantastic. I got up to loads of malarkey and that as well, Ash. Bob, you know, use, use guys who would love it. <laughs> right, you're not too late to join up, right? If your woman chucks you, go up to the careers office and sign up and tell them that Carl will tell you. <laughs> right. You'll be in the Caribbean before you know it. Carl, that,
0: obviously, early in your Navy career, um, all, all the fun and games of uh, the, the every port scenario, okay? Um, now, going to go with something a little bit. Bit more serious now. Um, Thatcher came in, and I'm not wanting you to to delve too far into this, by the way. But you did serve in the Falklands War, didn't you, Carl?
2: I did, yeah. I found myself there by accident. I had got injured, and in, um, I, I got injured um, over in Northern Ireland. I was over there, and I had got injured, and I had got some operations, and I went up to Norway. Uh, for the winter survival training I was involved in all that sort of stuff with helicopters up there and um, my boss uh, said I shouldn't be here you yeah. know? so I said alright ok boss I'll go away just pretend I'm no here You know. so uh, got back to Yovo in March and uh, came home and leave to see my mum and my dad and uh, the police turned up at the door the first night I got home been away for three months saying, I've got to go back. No doing that likes, you know. I'm up the club with the boys and down Stag's Bar and then up the town, you know. And uh, so the second night they came back and said, well, if you don't, they arrest you. So I went back and lo and behold, two days later I woke up in a place called Ascension Island. And then we heard on the news that the Argentinians had invaded uh, Port Stanley and everybody looked at each other and said, Where's Port Stanley? It was a Falklands, and we were going. Oh, I wonder what why we're here. Yeah. Then, you know, so we spent a bit of time on uh, Ascension Island, getting ready for the task force coming down, building helicopters, preparing Marines and Special Forces, getting weapons and all that sort of stuff that you would expect in the military. Sorted out, stealing kit. You Know because it was really really hot seven degrees south of the equator on this tropical island, and we were going down the Falklands where we had just came from Norway, and it was as bad weather as that. But all our kit was up in Norway, <laughs> so we were in shorts and teeth you know. looking for looking for uh Arctic uh, or winter clothing, you know, and uh, it was fantastic. So, yeah, we went down there, and, and there were some bad guys. I don't know, you know, I mean, it's all politics, isn't it? They came in there and we were just sent to try and keep the peace. We did the same job uh, over in Northern Ireland. I love my time over there. And then in other conflicts, we never really started any fights anywhere, uh, maliciously, certainly not at our level. But we just tried to help keep the peace, sort out things, save a few lives. And um, it all worked out really well. You you know, I mean, uh, it's not glamorous, Um, you know, but you know everybody was up for it, everybody was up for it and uh, we had trained and uh, we got on with the job, minimum amount of time and uh, you didn't want to come second when you're in conflict and somebody's firing big guns and helicopters and jets are trying to drop things on you that go bang really loudly, really loudly it's really fun and that's where a lot of ex servicemen uh, I've got PTSD and similar type things like that. Yeah, so I do a bit of supporting now, but uh, it's, um, you know, it's a good life. It's a fantastic life, and if you get through it, then that's fine. You know, I had 20 years of it, and uh, I wouldn't miss it. You know, anything that I done, I was really fortunate. I got promoted to become a officer in the navy halfway through. I was still getting in trouble. That was my problem. Right. You know, I mean, I wasn't a bad boy, but I always end up in trouble and I'd get you know, sent back to my unit or whatever, or you know. Um, but I was valued, I think, because they always wanted me on their teams and, you know, we done quite a few things. Um, I got to see 99 different countries. Wow. I went to 100, 189 different places.
0: Up into about um, six. Up into about six, me.
2: Carl. <laughs> hey, Ash, they paid me for going. Sometimes she... I wasn't going to miss out on that. No way, a boy for Walford.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Carl, like it's a it's a fascinating story. I've always I've always written to get into the mind of someone that's that's been in the forces. I don't really know many people that have been in it, and um, you know, but the, but the people I do, they've always said the navy navy seems a bit more fun. But what's gonna what's gonna touch on next is what is it? Like after you left the Navy, I know you said you got no regrets and you loved your time there and stuff like that, and you obviously had to go through the the Falklands War. But it must have been a huge transition for you to be able to adapt back to civil life after being, let's say, you know, regimented for for twenty years. Yeah, it
2: was. You know, the people around me keep my feet on the ground. You know. Mum was quite ill at the time. I come home to look after her. I had some mates that were having difficulties. Uh, it was a great up and different. I'd been fighting other people's battles, you know, and conflicts and uh, this, that and the next thing. And there's lots of bad guys out there, so you just keep on going out to sort them out. So I said, I'll come home and get a peace and quiet, me and the wife and settle down and do what you civvies do. Yeah. Want. And um uh, yeah, we are going to go to Australia, but it never worked out. My wife had to stay in the Navy. She was in the Navy for a wee while longer. I ended up joining the, the local police oh. um, up in Edinburgh. I had uh, 20 years, uh, mainly at um and working in the, the, the events, planning firearms teams, public order teams, getting into just as much uh, trouble as what I ever did when I was in the Navy. Just a different uniform and a different name. <laughs> But they paid me for that. They paid me for it. So <laughs> I, never, I never, I never knew. I never knew
0: you were a police officer. You never told me that before.
2: Yeah. Well, there you go. You see, I'm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've um, I actually was in the the police longer than I was in the military. But um, I've done. Uh, I quite liked it. I was out in the streets all the time. Um, I used to go and do all the events here in Edinburgh. Uh, tattoos, Highland shows. I've done over 500 football games, working in the tunnel or the control rooms. Used to speak to all the managers and players. You know, at the Hibs and Hearts games, I even done some Livingston ones. Loads of times at Murrayfield. Looked after the King of Tonga. You know who the King of no. Tonga is? A really big, heavy guy. He gives you diamond watches if you like. You. Okay. Never gave me any likes, but you know, I think I got a bottle of whiskey. But and. Had to hand it over to the boss. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did all those type of things, you know. And um, everybody, um, you know, if you look at me up in Sky, if you look up in Sky, that Neil Lennon incident with the boy uh, John Wilson, yeah. uh, who tried to go at Neil Lennon. Well, I'm the guy that's in charge of the pitch that night, and had to sort that malarkey out.
0: You know? never knew, never knew that as so, well, Carl. <laughs> that made that made national news. I, I remember. I think I was staying back down in England at that point, and I remember I remember that coming on the telly there, and I was like, oh, who's this lunatic like? But
2: anyway, but Carl. I don't, I don't. Yeah, I'll tell you a funny story about that, right? Just yeah, a but- quick one, mate. Right? Yeah. I, I was in charge of pitch, so I made sure that Neil Lennon was safe, gave the code word to the boss, and then dived in them, Got him off the pitch really quickly into the tunnel, and just about maybe stick one on him in the Sky TV. I've got the cameras on me, so I think twice, get him out of here. So get them through the front door at Thain Castle, and just walk along the front to the police station there, you know, to just to lock them up. Because uh, we had 3,446 Celtic fans want to come on the pitch. They weren't very happy. Anyhow, I just get to the front of the stand and there's two old jambos. Must have been in their 70s or 80s. We knew each other quite well, you know. And I had this boy in the handcuffs and the arms up his back. and The old boys came up and started hitting them. Yeah, we, boy you know, called them lots of names, and I'm saying, get away, get away, I've got him arrested, got to get him into the jail, you know, I'm going to die for him, you know, <laughs> oh well, okay, right, no bother at all, boys, just, I'll leave, I'll, I'll leave him to use you, and you can do more than what the sheriff <laughs> can do, you know, but uh, <laughs> the boss was quite pleased because he was watching me on camera, he thought I was getting assaulted, but he was... We were getting stuck in about him. They're about 75, 80 year eighty-year-olds, you know. Christ mighty, but you've got disgrace. upon our football club. He said in a very Edinburgh, non-posh accent. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're
0: we're gonna we're gonna move on to to the present now, uh, Carl. We're gonna let's talk about Musselburgh. I know I know Bob's got quite a quite a
1: few questions for you in in regards to Musselburgh Athletic i uh, just to just to kind of start off. I mean, you've been involved now with 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 Mercy for a for a few years now. Um, I believe you kind of got involved when they were at a, a slightly low ebb. What was your kind of reasoning for for getting involved with them? And I mean, no, it's not really going to be particularly good for your health getting involved with a football team. So what was your what was your methods in, in their madness here? Well, you know, I mean, I had, uh, I got retired early, very yeah.
2: fortunate. Um, and uh, I had nearly 40 years in uniform. So I retired it before, just before I was 56. And I've just been doing wee bits and bobs round about the town and supporting my family and a few other people, ex like servicemen and things like that. And um, I used to go to Muscle Breath Athletic on and off, just occasionally. My big friend, Kenny McKenzie, uh, got me to go along more regular, and I loved the football because you were close up to it. It was like back being in the tunnel again, you know. You could hear the tackles getting crunched in. You could hear the players, uh, you know, getting up and wanting to get on there. It. it was really good. But um, anyhow, things weren't working out in muscle and um, I, I, I don't know a lot behind it there. Uh, and then one day. Uh, a, a couple of them came at my door and uh, they said we would like you to be the chairman of Musselburgh and I went no for me I'll help you out you know I'll give you a few Bob i take it that's what you're after I'll give you a... I had run a couple of businesses and, uh, in the spare time and I said I'll give you a bit of my experience and my time and that, you know but uh, I've not got to be the chairman no way because I know that's a load of hassle Uh so they were really disappointed. I could tell on their face they were disappointed. But I says well, that was a good one to swerve, you know, without a doubt. I'll go and help the club, may bother. Them. Anyhow, they came back two nights later, and they says, uh, no, nah, you're the man. He says, we've fixed up, uh, we had a couple of meetings in the meantime, you know, over the, the club supporters base. And um, things were quite awry. And it, 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 the thing that happened, that I'll tell you, fellas, is, I nearly panicked because I thought the club was going to go under. Simple mm. as that. Mm-hmm. The wee bit of advice took told me to, uh, it was going to go into administration and uh, it, it wasn't a good situation, you know. So I, that made me definite in the thought that I'm going nowhere near it, you know. I'll, as I say, i out. pout. Uh, but, um uh, they came to my door and they had those looks on their face, you know, like, you know, a disappointed rabbit. Uh, and... Uh, and I just uh, I, I just melted, and that was it. That was it. I went down, and uh, we got an e- EGM together. They all came together. They've worked our socks off. I've just been like the captain of the ship, you know, organising things and making sure things are uh, uh, done right. Uh, it's it's a modern day miracle, and it's a great place to be. With um, they, they've taken me on board as I am, and. I know I've made them move back into the community. They're very transparent. People come down the treaty Deco and it's fair. There's nothing hidden, and uh, they just want to get on and do things. They've, you should see the the ground at the moment. You should see Olive Bank at the moment. I've, I don't think I've seen it better. That's what I was
0: going to touch on later on in the in the show, Carl. We're going to we're going to move into the, all the ground improvements and stuff like that. But firstly, there's there's just a little point I want to touch on. Um, for our listeners that, that don't know. Now, Musselburgh Athletic used to be in what was called the Scottish Juniors. It doesn't mean there were junior players, as in juniors, as in youth players playing. Juniors, to all our English listeners that, that don't know, uh, means non-league. Basically, it's the same as non-league in England, what that you know, would what be called. So Musselburgh Scottish Junior Club, and a couple of years ago, it was put to the clubs to move over into the Scottish Pyramid system because the junior... FA is completely separate to the Scottish FA. Now, during a during a meeting at Musselburgh, there, there was a unanimous agreement to to move from the juniors to the what is the East of Scotland Football League to join the pyramid system, which means you can press progress up the leagues. There's no glass ceiling, etc., uh, etc. Et now, I'm probably the I'm going to I'm going to throw this out there, guys. I'm I'm going to admit this to everyone. Now, listen, I was probably the only person in this within a 25 mile radius that actually disagreed with it all. And I, I actually thought at the time, this is not a good idea. You know what, you know, is, is everyone just going to join the rat race and, and just to get to the premier division and stuff like that. And is it, is, is it going to financially bankrupt clubs like joining the dream and, and chasing the dream and stuff? I thought, well, you know the juniors is a separate entity it's a completely different thing it's it's unique it's got it's a great product I, I really enjoy it I love the Scottish Junior Cup I, you know I I I, was, I love the juniors it's such a different difference to the SPFL setup and you know it's, it was a kind of release but ha- look guys I, I'll admit I'll hold my hands up right now how wrong I was I mean Musabra and Carwin and, and the team at Musselburgh, people like Johnny Brown and, and, and Amy and, and people like that, you know, really hard-working people at, at Musselburgh and the, the management team and players have done a absolutely fantastic job, in my opinion, in, in the transition over to the Scotland Football League. And, yeah, I mean, the only, the only thing that I'd say out of all this is I was completely wrong. So I apologise to all of you for being, I don't know, slightly negative about that.
2: Aye, well then, you see, uh, a few people have had wake-up calls. Um, Ash, you know, I mean, the the junior football was fantastic. It's good football. It was a good quality of football. It was better than the, the East of Scotland League, which we joined. East of Scotland League is tier six of Scottish football, so it's above the glass ceiling. You couldn't go anywhere in the juniors. The farthest you could go in the juniors was the Junior Cup final. If you wanted to uh, find what level you really could play at, and your town and your community could support, you had to join uh, the seniors, and that's what the East of Scotland Football League is. Extremely well-run uh, football league, football association, uh, the secretary um, is, a, is a wonderful man, David Baxter, and uh, the chairman has been 40, nearly 50 years rounding about football. I, I knew him as a kid. Um, And they've got all the rules, uh, all set up and everything. So we came in and we held our own. And um, that's tier six of Scottish football. If we're good enough sometime in the future, we'll hopefully get into tier five, which is the Lowland League. And then um, I'm not saying we'll progress further than that. We've got to find what our level is. We have paid off all the external debt now, so we are sustainable. We live within our means and if we can find a way of progressing even further damn well we'll be giving that a try and tier 4 is SPFL 2 you can see teams you know Edinburgh City, Bonnie Rig, Kelty East Kilbride going through there we've got a brilliant management team Kevin Macdonald leads this management team, very young team down at Musselburgh Uh, and we've got 20 players I've got a a real bag of enthusiasm. I was down at training last night, and to see the boys um, having a knockabout match at the end of it, and we had a new boy come along as well, and uh, quality, quality stuff. It was really good, and I was just kicking every ball. I was wanting to be on the park <laughs> with them, you know. They have got so much to look forward to this season, and Matty King, the captain, like he's just holds it all together, um, and the manager. Just comes in and he's he's he, a new young manager, 35 year old. He's got the UEFA badge. Uh, he's got them fit training. Stimulate some. They're playing good football at a high tempo, and this is early in the season, you know. But he gave them fitness programs. None of them let them down, and uh, they value what's happened for all these people say you've named them there, we've got a great vice chairman, Norman Murray, who has driven the SFA licence, um, because we're applied to be a licence club, um, they, they really value what's happened at the ground, and uh, they feel part of it, so it feels like one big, huge family, and uh, as the issues and problems come in, we're able to find solutions to them, uh, without falling out with each other, and then um, just... You know, find a way ahead and uh, all of Bank's have a good place to be at the moment but hopefully we'll put on some good football for uh, the people that come and support us as
1: well Can I ask then Carl you're talking about bringing like you've got a young enthusiastic manager like a young enthusiastic team is it easy or difficult to attract players for a team like Musselbrook because obviously you're in such a saturated area for football teams it's at the level you're at as well you know, there's a lot of money being kicked out uh, for the lower league of east of Scotland and now the west of Scotland. Are you finding it kind of difficult to compete? Is it a case of getting the right player for the team? Is it each other together? How, how's it been
2: It's been working very well, Bob. The, uh, the fact is, there isn't anybody at Olive Bank that doesn't want to be there. They're not there for the money, they're not there. For being part of a big time set at the moment. They're there because we want to play for the team play with the lads, play for the manager and uh, put on a show for, for everyone uh, there it is. There's a fair bit of money flying about with some of the, the teams that are really want to get on quickly. You know, uh, Nobody can compete with Kelty um, uh, at the moment. They're the, the big team up in the Lowland League. Derek Rangers have came down and I think they I really want them to do well. You, you know, we feel emotionally attached to Berwick, and they've got a great bunch of guys. and They're going to struggle to get out that Lowland League back up to the uh, SPL one or two, where the, they've always had been. You know, yeah. uh, and there's there's quite a few other teams coming through. You know, you know, Trinette have done a fantastic job too, uh, but there's other clubs. hadn't even got their license. Uh, that, now the West of Scotland League's been formed. That's on tier six as well. And you'll get the big teams from the West of Scotland wanting to come up and have a piece of that pie as well. Because once you get your licence, you can play in the Scottish Cup every year. Simple as that. And you can you know, attract more players and sponsorship. Um, everybody has to find a level. And we are below the level that we can financially support the, the the amount of supporters out there can come in and help us with the club and everything like that without having to um, have a, a, a guy pumping and courting a million pounds a year um, the supporters keep Musselburgh Athletic going um, with either their cash and B, their time uh, and occasionally they get a game if the SFA or ever let us play again, or the Scottish Government maybe topical um, we, uh, we're we part of the entertainment business. You work all week. You want to come along on the Saturday and meet up with your good brother and your mates for a pint, see a good kickabout on the park, and then have a chunter about it at that night down the pub. Simple as that, you know. Uh, and this is what we're putting on at Olive Bank. But um, it's all transparent, honest, and straightforward, and we're going to work really hard. Put in a really big shift in the next two to three years to um, to sustain where we are and build upon it, and that's exactly what we're doing now. That's where so, we are. I'm very proud of them. That so
0: sounds amazing. And look, I haven't I haven't been to see the the new ground. Well, not the new ground, but the the, the ground improvements yet. But um, Bob, Bob's in, Bob, I rang Bob earlier, and he's he's very interested in your shiny new floodlights, aren't you, Bob? <laughs>
1: yeah, it's just. We kind of, we discussed that because obviously um, I was going to say we've been through it. For the listeners that have maybe not heard us before, I am an Edinburgh City fan and season tickle holding and all us being promoted into the league. You have the SFA licence and you have to attain a certain status and all this kind of stuff. And flood likes the licence. Now you mentioned a couple of about the SFA licence. Can you just kind of shine a light on what the licence does for the club, That why you had to invest in the licence and why it's probably good for the club? Yeah,
2: well, they become a, a member um, of the Scottish Football Association. And all, all the clubs in the Premiership Championship, the SPL 1 and 2, m- most of the lowland leagues, highland leagues, some of the southern league sides, um, and East of Scotland because they're all in the main majority members of the SFA and that allows you into the Scottish Cup. Uh, it gives you the disciplinary process, it gives you access to guys you know going guys like Ian Maxwell and things like that. Um, you need the license and to get a license you have to have uh, a certain quality about your club, um, all your policies. You know, modern day policies must be in place. Your ground must be safe. Must have child protection in. Um, You look after people. uh, Finances are transparent and open. All these type of things. And then uh, when we applied for it nearly two years ago, you didn't need floodlights. But suddenly we decided you need floodlights. So all of banks never had floodlights. Probably should have had before, you know. So um, Floodlights was the uh, order of the day in it. So it was a £61,000 project because it's really difficult in a ground like uh, Olive Bank to put Floodlights in. So we got quality ones. We went for the top-of-the-range ones. They'll do us uh, for 30 years. Uh, we've got 346 lumens. That's a light power. You need 100 to play in the East of Scotland League. 200 to play in the Lowland League and up, so we're all fixed up for the future. Should we be able to progress. Um, we won't need to upgrade our facilities there. Uh, new football uh, fixed goals are going in. They've just been ordered, and we've built. A, we've converted a medical room and the physio room, uh, but all the signage, all of the safety issues. Um, the crowd limitations from the council, there's a plethora of stuff you need to be doing but people have come on board sponsors, advertisers we've got some great sponsors down at Mussobra our advertisers are very loyal, Uh, people want to get involved with the club, I've had to turn one or two away, we want to be a local community thing so I'm not really interested in uh, a big multinational coming in and telling us that we can't have other advertisers or how they want their boards or things like that. So Belmont Motors up at Wallaford, Lothian, Heaton, these are the type of guys that are the the salt of the earth in our communities and uh, come and support us. Other companies do other clubs as well. It's it's all about that. But if you get your licence, you can automatically get into the Scottish Cup. We've got into it by winning the Alec Jack Cup last season, so we've been invited into it. Hopefully that Will continue to go ahead later on in the year. It's the first time Muscle athletics been in it. Oh, and
1: sorry, uh, sorry I was going to ask because obviously there's there's murmurings that this season Scottish Cup is only going to be uh, the four SPFL divisions and a set other number of teams. Would you be one of the set other number of teams, or would you carry on into next season after the COVID pandemic hopefully passes? Has it been any? Word on how that is going to work.
2: Well, we are we've got a big meeting with the SFA uh, on Thursday, uh, and uh, we'll get some more. The light will be shined upon it. Uh, you can take. Uh, there was a, you know, a proposal put out that uh, only ten of the lower league clubs would get in, and the rest would get a payoff, a lump sum payoff. Uh, you know, because I've got a shorter period of time for the Scottish Cup to be, the rounds to be uh, done. But Musselbury Athletic, under my uh, stewardship, have decided that uh, we aim to be one of those 10 people or as a, a counter-proposal has been proposed by uh, Kenny McLean, our League Secretary, he's the Scotland League Secretary, where we can have a sort of a playoff competition amongst the 60-odd clubs, for those 10 places um, like a qualifying separate qualifying competition um, and uh, so we're just waiting to find out what's going on there but we uh, we're COVID ready our ground is all legal and we will not be taking a bribe um, not to play in the Scottish Cup we we'll be one of the clubs that goes up there we might you know be unlucky and get a and a tie against Bucky Thistle or something like that, and it will cost us a fortune to go up there and, you know, but if we get uh, a home tie at the uh, Olive Bank, can you imagine how exciting that would be for the Musclebra, Woloford, White, Greg, Conor oh, Wonderful. The people deserve it. What they've been through, they deserve it.
0: Definitely, Carl. And I mean, look, I'm, I'm going to say that, that the whole fundraising effort by by everyone at Muscle Athletics been nothing short of a, a miracle you, you know, such loyal people such a loyal community that's what draws me and my friend to to want to go to as many mu- muscle per games as possible because you know it's, it's so tight-knit it's the sense of community is fantastic at first i thought about the whole floodlight project obviously loads of different clubs had to get that new floodlights put in i thought oh it's a, it's a lot of money you know but you know what the the local community came up trumps yet again and even even now there's a a new memorial garden incorporated into the ground as well, Carl, which I think is absolutely incredible, to be honest, mate. I, I, I love the
2: concept of that. Wonderful space, Ash. Wonderful space. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, my old dad used to stand on the terrace and shout penalty. There's other people there, Brian Hackness, his, uh good friend, used to do the same thing, even when it wasn't in the penalty box. We would shout for penalties, <laughs> you know. And they remember. they remembered in the garden. Johnny Brown and his wife. Big like Kevin Doman, they turned a redundant children's play park, couldn't be touched for years, into this wonderful space where anybody can come any time of the day and just sit on the bench and uh, remember their friends, parents, uncles, and uh, their exciting times that they had at uh, all of and Just maybe peer over the barrier and say, wonder what's next, I wonder what's next, eh? I wonder what's
0: next. That's, it's, it's amazing carl and it's look it, it's something that's that's unique as well apart from hearts having their memorial garden i don't know any team especially in in uh, non-league football in the pyramid system that has one as well so look that's again amazing achievement by by everyone down there i'm gonna gonna help you promote the club a bit now carl um look guys if To all our UK listeners or or those from afar that are are, are, are travelling to the UK for a holiday at all or anything like that or come to Scotland, look guys, give Musselburgh Athletic a try. The ground is down at Olive Bank in Musselburgh, East Lothian. It's just literally on the border of Edinburgh. It's very easy to get to from the city centre. You can get there by train. There's plenty of buses that take you there. It's affordable football. You know the fans will take you in there like they're one of your own. They did to me mm-hmm. when I, when I first went there. Me and my mate James, they you know they just took to us straight away and we were like, wow, you know this is like this is incredible. Um, there's a, there's a great bar inside the ground known as Brunes Bar, which is uh, run by a great character in Johnny Brown. There's some great people down there. Um, you know Johnny, I've just mentioned Amy, who works works her absolute socks off for the for the club. who's an absolute credit. It'd be a credit to any any football club. So you're yeah, very very lucky to to have her on your on your team and and, and with you, Carl. And uh, very lucky to have them all, actually. To be honest, because everyone everyone seems to do their bit, do not they, mate? Everyone seems to seems to chip in down there, and really, it's it's their club, isn't it?
2: Well, that's what it is, and that's uh, that's only right, Ash. Uh, I think that that works well. We uh, we have people. Amy's a, a, a young lady and we have a 72-year-old vice chairman, you know, and we have uh, men and women in between that are on the committee that come and do things for us. Everyone's treated equally and fairly. Everyone's, uh feels that they're part of it and that will be continuing, you know. There'll be nobody getting up beyond themselves, uh, no, no one person will run the club. We've set the constitution up that um, all of us uh, members of the committee stand for re-election every year, including myself. And um, the accounts are open. It's a it's a good place to be. It can be quite fun, but you know there's a lot of work that goes into it. Um, you were asking earlier on about how it is to attract other players and. We are attracting players in now that we never thought that we would do at this stage. Uh, but we've got a squad signed up. We've got 20 players, uh, two goalkeepers and uh, 18 outfield players. Uh, we've turned down players that want to come to us or we've kept them on hold for the future. They've been straight with them. And um, we might have to put one or two guys out on loan to make sure they get enough games and things like that. But we've had people come into us now and... Um, that's really good for muscle, but I'm really pleased with that, really pleased with the management team and um, the setup up because we wouldn't get that if we were um, a joke, you know. And um, it just it just shows you, you know, I'm particularly proud of the under-20s set that we've got. We've got a young lad, Ewan you Greg and Colin Young, and our under-20s play at Pinky on a Friday night. They're, they're coming up fantastic. We've got four of them, uh, either... Played for the Musselburgh Athletic, so they can see, right? 450 kids at Musselboro Windsor age groups work their way through the age groups and they used to get to the 19s and there was nowhere for them to go. Well, they all automatically now get an invite to Musselburgh Athletic under 20s, and every single one of them will get a chance uh, either training with a big team, they've already been training with them this season, or they'll get um, up to the bench. 16-year-old came on for the cup final last last year from from Musselburgh Athletic, and uh, he he played really well for you know the the quarter of the game that he was on board for, and uh, everybody then can see it that we've got you know three current under-20 boys in the squad, and a couple of them this season will make the the grade. You know, simple as that. One of the other boys went off to another club. it's fantastic to see them coming through because Scottish football needs that. We need to get these young boys coming through. Some of them develop a wee bit later in life, uh, but they're all fantastic. They've all got qualities. It's easy for hearts and Rangers to buy in German and Europeans or Africans that are ready-made things. These guys play football with their heart on the park, and that is the difference.
0: Yeah, Carl, I mean, uh, it's... It's great that you you guys have managed to do that because when I when I first learned about Muscar Athletic and that, I, was, I was like, there's two teams in Muscar, isn't there? And I was like, why are Windsor different to Muscar Athletic? I was like, why why are they two different? Why don't they just merge as one as one big thing? And, then, and now you've done that, so you know it, it all makes sense. You've got you've now got a youth system like a conveyor belt coming into the first team is what you know every club at that level needs. If I'm honest, every successful non league club that I've seen from my time as a football supporter has had that solid. Grounding with youth teams making their way through.
2: If I, if I just need a, a point, Ash, sorry. Um, Muscle Winds is a total separate in entirety. But we have got, we've built a great bridge with them. Their chairman, Alan Russell, is running a huge organisation, doing wonderful work. You can't get a football pitch pinky because there's that many. Boys and girls in age groups, parents being involved, getting coaching qualifications, doing all the child protection, forced aid and everything like that to get these kids going through. But they used to run up against a brick wall because as the juniors, when they were really interested in them, they would just sign other guys in. and everything. But now we offer all of the Musselbury Windsor, the senior teams, the under-19s, this opportunity to move from Musselburgh Windsor under-19s they become Musselboro Athletic Twins. They all get an automatic invite and a chance to get in there. Once they're in their 20s, we will uh, you know, we will encourage them up to all the bank. We will have them on the bench. If they're good enough, they'll play. Simple well, as that. And the good thing is, two of our senior players can go back and play at any one time for the under-20s. So the work that's been done at Musselboro Windsor, which is a Scottish Cup-winning you know, uh, club at uh, youth level, is paying dividends now and these young people are coming through and there's a boy came to us very recently played with Windsor all his days went off to pay for the senior team he's come back and um, he wants to play with us um, we've got a boy called Dean Ballantyne I played for Dunbar for a while he's a striker and he went to Campy Primary School and he, he used to you know get lifted up and look over the wall that was there at the time and say I want him to play at Olive Bank and someday and his dreams coming
0: true it's coming that's true. excellent and look carl um obviously i got that wrong about the, the two clubs merging but at least you've got that bridge at least there is that that path and the system for young local players to progress into the first team carl just tell our listeners how much season tickets are and how much emission price uh, sorry emission prices are because you know, um, there might be some locals that have heard the show and, and think, oh, do you know what? I might give them a try. That sounds fantastic. That sounds progressive, interesting, uh, engaging and welcoming as well. And also people from afar that might think, oh, do you know what? I'm, I'm in the Edinburgh area. I'm in the Lovians area. Uh, I'm going to give a football game a try. I'm going to go and watch a local team. So uh, how much is it, Carl, just for just for the people that that don't know?
2: All right. Well, you see, the Easter Scotland League this season's 18 teams in it. So we've got 17 home games. Uh, it's £100 for an adult season ticket, £50 for a concession. If you're over 60, you're £50. And if you're um, under um, 16, 16 to 12, then it's 25 quid to get in. And if you're under 12, if you're accompanied, you get in for free. It's eight, pound and £8 and £4 pound for an individual game. You get 17 games for that 100 quid, and I can guarantee you that you will be very impressed with the quality of football and the fact that you're right beside the ground. You can see you can see the players sweating. You can feel the passion and the tension. Uh, and uh, if you want uh, a cup of tea or a can of beer, we're in that business, you know. The pies are quite good too. They to certainly
0: it. are. And uh, my, myself and my pal James, who, who people know quite well, <laughs> we've, we've bought season tickets ourselves for next season. So we can't, we can't wait to get down and, and see what the new, um, well, the updated, I'd say, ground looks like and how everyone is. Cause I haven't seen people for a few years. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to get back in a football ground. And at such a progressive club. I'll,
2: I'll tell you this If you, James, or anybody who's bought a season ticket this season, is disappointed I'll give them money back it's not a problem every penny of
0: that's, a, that's a very bold statement I'm sure we're not going to be disappointed Carl um, Bob is there anything else you want to
2: ask?
0: Uh, of Musselburgh before well, we
1: close the show well, I think we've got everything just uh, thanks for coming on uh, a detailed response to our questions uh, obviously I'll, I'll hopefully try and get to a game this season it's a, it's a ground I've not been to yet Um depending on how our fixtures are at Ainsley Park and whatnot. So hope to get it down again and we'll see them soon. Carl, thank you so much for tonight.
0: Thank you so much for coming on our show. You've been an absolute gent. You've been very cooperative in the build-up to this. Uh, sometimes some people we interview, you don't even hear from them to about 20 minutes before recording. So it's like, you know, you've been you've, <laughs> you've been great. Um yeah, I've got best of, obviously. Obviously,
2: I we with you all, all the best. Uh, Ash, what you're doing is a fantastic thing. All, all the young people are asking me about it, you know, and I'll get all the old ones trained up on the podcast, and uh, they like the information. they like the flow of information nowadays. They don't like hidden things. They don't like things not yeah. to happen. We um, we need to be getting uh, uh, people uh, out socialising, off their you know the computers, away from their work and just relax, and we're just trying to put them in a nice, safe environment with a bit of quality uh, players there. I tell you, I'm I'm now nearly 62, and I'm full of enthusiasm, particularly after watching the training last night. I just couldn't believe what a shift they were putting in. And as I say, everybody down at uh, Olive Banks wants to be there. I'm, I'm holding nobody prisoner, and I'm not paying anybody huge amounts of money. You know, they're getting paid... Decent rates, as the manager decides. He he he's a man. He comes to me, we negotiate it, and um, I'm sure that quite a, you know, a few of them certainly could be off getting more money. But uh, they're uh, they're coming down here and they're competing for their places. So it's a good, exciting place to be. And um, if people are not happy, I'll listen to them and make changes. Money there you
0: go guys that's for the, from the horse's mouth there um carl again thank you so much for coming on bob again thank you for being our co-hosts uh, doing a great job with me so far so i'm, I'm you know really happy in that sense uh so uh, guys i can't wait for our next show our next show is a football show we are interviewing hearts fan and youtube vlogger aaron fraser we've also got some great guests coming on in the future We've got a footballer that was once threatened by the Chinese mafia for uh, being involved with a mass brawl between QPR and China. We've got a boxing world champion coming on, guys, as well uh, within the next month. I'm just waiting back for the date, and he's he's going to be confirmed, and that's going to be on our social media channels. You can find us on Twitter at Cathedral underscore Sport. We are on all the platforms, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts as well. Uh, pocket casts you know all the all the stuff you can get podcasts on so give us a listen give us a try any feedback you've got for our shows or anything like that just tweet us in or you can email inquiries um well all our inquiries go to cathedral of Sport at outlook.com so email us there if you want to take it private feedback all feedback to us is good feedback constructive constructive criticism is fine i don't mind at all and i'm sure Bob doesn't either again guys you have a lovely week thank you very much for tonight
2: All the best. Thanks very much, Ash. Thanks, Bob. And uh, good luck. We'll be tuning in and uh, finding out what's happening because you're keeping us well informed. It's good news, mate. Bob,
1: take care, mate. And yourself. Ta-ta, everybody. Keep safe. Cheers, everyone. Thank you.
0: Hi, guys. Just one last thing. Look, some of you, most of you, will have picked up on quite a few... Very small niggly sound issues and technical issues during that, absolutely out of our hands by the way um they 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 can't be edited out unfortunately it's it's sometimes with the app things get a bit mixed up in in transition when we're when we're trying to speak, and the sound can dip quite a bit it's it's honestly it's such a pain to get out so guys, look until we get a studio until we get things like that. just bear with us please and and keep listening also. Thank you very much again to Jamie Mack for sponsoring tonight's show. All sponsors are good sponsors and we can move away from the app that we're recording on and one day realise our dream of being on YouTube in either a proper studio or with a really, really decent setup with decent mics and stuff like that. So guys, apologies about the small technical issues, but you know, look past that and I hope you really enjoyed the show. Thanks very much.